Hello, I'm Major Adrian Allman. And I'm Captain Claire Allman. Welcome to the Birmingham Citadel Salvation Army podcast series. Birmingham Citadel is a Christian church located in Birmingham City Centre here in the UK. Each episode is a live recording of the Bible message shared during the Sunday worship service. It's good to have you share with us. And as you listen now, we pray that God will speak to you. May you know God's abundant blessing today. I'm very conscious this morning. Our meeting's already been going for a long time. But I make no apologies for that. Because actually, enrolling junior soldiers is something that I take as a privilege. I really do. You see, junior soldiership was important to me. And if it was important to me, I want it to be important for them. Why was junior soldiership important for me? Well, it's simple. It gave me an understanding of the basic truths of the Christian faith. The work that my company guard and YPSMs did taught me basic truths in the same way that Helen and Ruth and the team do it here. What an important work. And you know, whether it be morning Sunday school or afternoon Sunday school as we used to do in those days, choruses was a vital part of it. I bet you can remember half of the choruses you sang in Sunday school. All in a row, singing we go, for Christ is the head of our army. Trying to shove the kids off the other end of the rows, we went. With Christ in the vessel, we shall smile at the storm. Used to go on forever, didn't it? Because you'd drop a verse or word and everything about it. You know, all these stories drew on well-known scripture. And that, that was a prime example. That with Christ in the vessel picks up Mark chapter 4. It focuses on the point where Jesus saves the day and all is well. But this morning when looking at John at Mark chapter 4, I want to try and focus on one or two things that are often overlooked when we study this passage. At the very beginning of the story, Jesus says to his followers, let us go over to the other side. Let us go over to the other side. There's very little dialogue recorded here. And yet, actually, for his followers, this was a difficult request. If you know your geography of the Middle East, you have Galilee, you have the Sea of Galilee, and then you have this area called Decapolis. And Jesus was actually telling his followers, we're going to go over the Sea of Galilee, from Galilee, into Decapolis. Not a big deal, is it? Well, actually, it is. On our recent holidays, and we do this every time, whenever we go to Scotland, the minute we get to the A74 at Gretna Green, we see the big sign and it says, Welcome to Scotland. And the minute as we're approaching it, the fervour in the car, and suddenly we all burst into da 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 as we go over. Every one of us. Coming home. Different story, I can assure you. There's only moi singing and did those feet in ancient time. Same country, but actually very different characters. And that's why we sing our little choruses going up and down. For God's 
people or for Jesus' followers in this book, this was a very strange request. You see, Decapolis was Gentile country. For Jesus to say, let's go over to the other side, was quite a big ask. He wasn't simply seeking a quiet place to get away from the crowds. This area of Decapolis, Gentile country, and for many centuries, its mainly Greek inhabitants and the Jewish people had lived very separate lives. You see, the the followers of Jesus would have considered these people to be unclean. It was a foreign land to them. It wasn't just a day trip. Recently, there's been research published that suggests we all live with regrets. And you know, we spend more than two hours a week thinking about our regrets. And you know what top of the lifetime regret list is not traveling more and seeing more of the world. Well, let me tell you, for the follower of Jesus, that was not the case. You signed up to be his follower. You became a traveler. There were always plenty of new places to see in his company. And you've got to commend the disciples for their readiness to get into the boat and leave the safety of home for a foreign land because it tells us they did. You know, this trip wasn't about seeing new land. It wasn't going on a day excursion. That thought to me came as I read this during the week. I read this simple quote. The real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new lands, but in seeing with new eyes. Let me read that to you again. The real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new lands, but in seeing with new eyes eyes. You see, Jesus was taking the proactive step of going to minister to a Gentile population across the water. And more than that, he took his followers with him. He wasn't taking them on a sightseeing tour of eastern Palestine. He was asking them to view the people there in a different light, just as he did. These were not unclean people to be separated from, but these were people needing to see and hear about the love of God. So Jesus was asking his followers to view things differently, to see with new eyes. Their centuries-old attitude to these folk was being challenged here and there. You know, I think for any church with a history like ours... Jesus regularly says, look at your situation with new eyes. Look at what you do. Look at the people around you. See them in a new light. See them in a fresh light. You know, I think we all want to get in the boat with Jesus. But I wonder how often we're prepared to get into the boat with Jesus, knowing that it might take us to the other side, to foreign territory, where we might be asked to look at things afresh, view things differently and change accordingly. I'm not so sure there'll be a clamber for the rowing boats at that point. The group responded to his suggestion by jumping into the boat. I've got to give them their credit. 
And Jesus, believing himself to be in the hands of experienced, skilled fishermen, seeks rest and he falls asleep. Unfortunately, as we know, the trip across the sea is not good. A storm blows in and this becomes quite life-threatening. I don't ever get this story, you know. Because in that book are experienced sailors. They've been seeing storms before. Jesus expected the disciples to have the skills and the knowledge of sailing. To use their talents well. You know, hey, storm's up. Pull the main sail down. Let's minimize the amount of wind that gets in the sail. Let's bail out the water. But they don't. And instead they panic and suddenly, it's Jesus that's at fault. Jesus, carpenter, fisherman, carpenter, fisherman. Why is this his fault? What do they say? They yell. Teacher, don't you care? He's asleep. He doesn't know one end from a boat from another. He's asleep trusting them. You know, if we're being honest, we don't like the idea that God might be asleep on the job whilst we're going through a crisis, do we? Does God care about our troubles? Of course he does. But does that mean he has to do everything? Does it? When Moses appears before a burning bush, God sends him to free his people. Moses immediately, oh, I can't do that. Oh, no. You can. Tell them this. What if they do No, go. Go. God could quite easily have redeemed and freed his people out of captivity without Moses. He didn't need him. But why does God have to do all the work? You see here, what happens, what is really happening is they're panicking. They're not trusting God to see them through. And in the end, what is it that ultimately saves them? It's the fact that Jesus is in the boat. If you're a sportsman or you you like watching sport on the TV, how many times do you hear after a a performance where one person has excelled, the rest of the team will turn around to the interview and say, oh, I'm glad he's on our team. Oh, we wouldn't have won that if he hadn't been on our team. I think there were a fair few people in that boat saying, oh, I'm glad he's on our team, this Jesus. Verse 38 tells us Jesus was in the stern. He might have been sleeping, but what was important was that he was in the boat. Interesting, because in verse 36, it tells us that as they cast from the shore, there were plenty of boats. There were other boats that went in this little armada. If you'd have the choice there on the shore and there was three boats, which boat would you have jumped in? I think I'd have wanted to jump in the one that Jesus was in. And therein lies the problem a lot of the time. You see, we climb in the boat with Jesus and for a large period of time he goes unnoticed. He's left dormant until the point that we get into trouble and then we think all we have to do is wake him up. 
And that's what our faith relationship with Christ becomes. It's a supply and demand, or should I say a demand and supply relationship. Friends, faith doesn't protect us from the storms. It's not going to protect these two boys from what's going to come their way. It's not going to protect you or me. Nor does it exempt us from the efforts to take care of ourselves. What faith does do is it enables us to trust that God does care, even when our weaknesses cause us to think that God's given up and isn't bothered anymore. Do you know, sometimes it's not Jesus that needs waking up, it's our own faith that needs waking up. This morning, and I finish with this, We've seen two boys, one seven, one eight, make a covenant with God. And the one thing that we want for those boys is for them to know that on life's journey, God is in the boat with them. We hope and pray that they will still be in the boat with God when they're not seven, but 17 and 27 and 37 and 77. You see, we all need to know God is in the boat. Don't we? You know, I do believe God wants to take us to new lands. I do believe God wants us to challenge us and to challenge us to see things differently. I also believe he wants us to use the talents, skills and gifts he's given us well. He's not going to do everything for us. Most importantly, I believe that we can know with sweet assurance that our Savior is near. I don't know about you, but every day my simple prayer is to know he's there. So let me ask you, is Jesus in the boat with you? Are you in the boat with Jesus? Am I? Does that describe your faith relationship today? To know he's there, he's in the boat with you, and you're in the boat with him. Let's pray together. Father God, this day, it's such a simple story, isn't it? We've heard it many times, and yet what truth it brings to us of the need to make sure that we're in the boat with you and that you are in the boat with us. And so today, Lord, as we've openly had a good look at faith, as we've had a good look at our relationship with you as we've considered it in the context of two young boys stepping out on their faith journey. We just pray that simple prayer. May you be always there with us as you are with others. Answer prayer. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. So you don't miss any further recordings, please subscribe to this podcast and also share and review it to help other people find and join our Birmingham Citadel online congregation. 
This has been a production for Birmingham Citadel Salvation Army in the United Kingdom. If you'd like to know more about us or want to worship with us, then visit our webpage at birminghamcitadel.co.uk.